I think we're on. Wow, we're, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Feels good to be back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Shelly, how are you? I'm doing great. It's been a busy couple days, and it was uh, it was kind of sad not being able to talk to you last week. Kind of, you know. So I've been I've been excited for this one for a long time. Yeah, last week definitely did get away from us. Uh, happy to be back myself, you know, and um, had a great time in Toronto though. But you were a busy but, man, you know. I, I was a busy man. Well, as are you. You're a working man. So, I mean, we're, we're both pretty busy. Busy in we're different probably, ways. We're I'm, I'm just busy. There's a lot going guess. on. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing is we left ourselves a ton to talk about. But before yeah. we dive into all that, how was your day? Oh, um, good day. I kind of I talked to you about some stuff going on the side. So, um, we won't dive into that, of course. But I was in good spirits and... Uh, I think it might end up being a good week. So, you know, it keeps, uh, keeps morale high. Good. Um, and, you know, we'll see what other good things the week brings. What about you? How's it been since you got home and uh, the rest of the, the end of your trip? Oh, it's been, I'm right back into the mix, man. Like, I, I mean, it was good to, you know, be in the mix in Toronto socially. But, I mean, now I'm at home. I'm in the mix doing housework duties. You kind of saw thing, so. a lot of the GTA, like you were covering. I covered ground, bro. I swear did, I did a did. tour of the whole GTA. I was in, I even played a golf course in Whitchurch, Stouffville. Oh, Stouffville, did I say it? Stouffville? Stouffville. Stogieville? Nobody in Stouffville's listening though, so you won't make them upset. Yeah, okay. Stouffville sucks. I'm just How was kidding. the golf up there? How'd you play? I was good. We played the Royal Stouffville. I didn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't the best course, but it, it was enjoyable. It was. Um, sure. You know, man, as soon I, I lost it off the tee box. So I got to say, I was, I was, you saw me on Monday when we played in the rain there. Yeah. I mean, I was nailing my drives and then I started losing balls like um, later in the week. I think it was Wednesday and then Friday when we played one. Yeah. I played Wednesday and Friday. Nice. So that was tough because that, you know, just, I mean, it just left a lot on the, a lot of meat on the bone to shave strokes off for the game, but such as golf. You always want to have golf pod, so. No. Yeah, you you do always want to have those back, but whatever. That's, I had a pretty privileged weekend of golf, so I was I was pretty fortunate. I got to play my old home. Well, work course, tell me about Toronto. it. Were you playing all the courses? I was getting bounced tee times at because I could not come by a tee time in Toronto. Probably why I, played, I was at Stouffville. I played the old course I worked at, just uh, Toronto Golf Club. Pretty pretty sweet place there. Free cool. round, got carts, felt like a member, and then I got to play uh, Glen Abbey yesterday. So. Speaking of popular guys, free round, free crowd. Look at you go. Glenn Abbey too. I love free things. Love free things. Probably more than the average person my buddies uh, back home would say. Oh, man. Well, we won't get into that. You've always treated me to nice expensive dinners. Hear that, Erica? I hope she doesn't hear that. Yeah, don't tell her about that. I won't tell her about that. Thank you to everybody that's listening. Please, uh, no matter what platform you're listening on, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or we're on everything now. It's like things I've never heard of, but uh, just subscribe and give us a review and uh, give us your feedback on Instagram or, you know, just message us. Oh boy. So where do we even go from here? Well, I mean, I will say if you're the average Leaf fan right now, yeah, I'm relieved because you are not on suicide watch, you know, as many of many in Leafs nation are. Um, I think maybe we start there. I, th- I think we can. Um, I kind of, so watching game four, I was kind of almost at peace with it after that happened. 
you know, like that crazy comeback. And why is that? It was I've heard the opposite. I think most people felt like a bit, you know, a bit bluffed when that all happened. I know, but that happened. And I was just like, this team, like that's the most, like that's their peak. Like it would be way too much for them to go ahead and just like rip off a convincing series win. And then you'd be like, holy smokes, this team is legit. Like that to me just felt like too much to ask. Like that comeback was too much to ask, let alone win game five. What did you think of it all as a more of an outsider, I guess? You know, I got to say, I mean, I was, I mean, look, I'm, I think I've made it clear on this pod. I'm from Ottawa. I'm a Suns fan. So, I mean, we're not really supposed to like the Leafs. No, to me, they've always been a team. They've always been a team I've felt bad for because to be honest, I mean, like it didn't really hit me until I was, you know, until I started hanging around, you know, the crowd I've hung around throughout school and being around so many people from Toronto, it really hit me just how little you guys have had to root for in the last, whatever, like many years. And that sucks. That is so tough, man. And I, so I, I've come around because, you know, I've always seen teams kind of outperform my expectations because expectations in, in Ottawa have always been low. I mean, you know, there's some, you know, I'd like to think there's a pretty, uh, pretty good core, um, you know, growing Sens fan base, not a, not a rabid one or anything, but yeah, yeah, nothing to write sure. home about it. If you've seen how we fill arenas, I mean, that's a, a different story, which we won't talk about, but Leafs fans deserve better. And it just sucks to see them, you know, get, get left out again. Yeah. We're just not invited to the NHL's party. And it's, it's kind of the opposite problem, right? Like it, these are really good teams on paper, right? We've talked about it. They're Great very talented, paper, it seems. very talented teams. And so it, it broke my heart, but I'm, you know what, man, I'm not going to lie. I kind of saw it coming. Yeah. I mean, as I told you, I bet against the Leafs game four. Sorry about that. Probably should have cashed out when they're up three, nothing. And yeah, that's a tough, my, tough my bones when, when Columbus blew it, but it is what it is. Um, but I mean, I I'll give the Leafs this. They didn't lose game five for a lack of trying to me. They showed up. What do you think? Like, like that, that was a good performance, but for like a couple, like really fatal mistakes, they just couldn't, they couldn't buy one that night. It felt like, I don't know. I'm so like, there are certainly guys that were trying hard, like Matthews and Riley, I think were the best examples. And maybe you could kind of start to pull Taveras into that mix. Like were guys that were clearly trying hard, but it's like, I don't know. Every game I found, I was looking at guys like, you know, Mikhaev and Kapanen, like guys that were still pretty important parts to the Leafs regular season success, you know, when they were healthy and those guys were nowhere to be found. I mean, and those aren't really the guys you need to win. You need everybody, but in the end, it's the Leafs line that that super line that was making thirty-four million dollars total. Columbus's twelve forwards were making thirty-three million dollars total, and you just get no goals game five. Like it's puck luck a lot of the time, but it's like and and uh, to their credit, Columbus played exceptionally, right? Like they oh, showed up great. for Torts and like, Corpusalo. They're the Columbus goalie, Jonas Corpusalo. Yeah, fantastic. Showed on his head. Like, and some nights it, it's like that. Oh, 100%. You just you get. And Freddie, I also, I think Freddie played great. Sure, I think Freddie played, played great. Happy goal at the end of game five, but it's like he made a bunch of other good ones. Freddie, everyone's talking about how bad of a goal that was. 
But I mean, if you're going to blame Freddie, then then start blaming you know the guys who messed up the, the uh, change, the the change, right? Yeah. And yeah. like my view on that too is like Freddie bought them so many. Um, could have been know, a mess. He yeah, they could have been a mess. He bought them so much runway, and they just couldn't take off. And so at that point, it all it had felt like they just they weren't getting it. Mind you, Janssen, who's a guy I want to bring up, he had a, yeah. an opportunity. Um, that yeah. Corpusalo robbed him one in front of immediately him. after that, which I thought could have been a, another turning point in that game. Yeah, I mean, it was probably Tavares hitting that post on the empty netter. It might oh, have been a double man. doink, or it might have just been the one doink, a single doink, but still a. It was a doink. doink, a doink, no less. Yes, a deflating doink. Doink. I'm gonna stop saying doink now. <laughs> a doink, doink's a weird one, but it, um, yeah. But in the end, I also thought like as. Columbus plays a hard game and I just found I was even texting this to people as I thought the series was coming to an end game four when they were down 3-0 and I was I was saying I was like I just feel like the Leafs were out coached not that that's a criticism to Keith um it was a good point brought up that I read or somebody told me is that Sheldon Keith prior to this series had never coached against the Blue Jackets by the time he was hired the right. in the shortened season never played a game against the Blue Jackets versus Tortorella, who has all these years of experience against the league, knows the Leafs. So the Leafs were already kind of shorthanded in that regard. But I just yeah. felt Columbus's defensive structure, the way they – like the Leafs struggled to get point shots through because the wingers, you know, the Columbus wingers were pressuring the Leafs' D. Everything just looked so professional kind of compared to the Leafs, and that's where they made up that skill gap. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, I'm not sure I buy the idea that, like, Keefe was disadvantaged by having not coached against Columbus yet. Maybe he was, but, I mean, I think with, you know, video and everything that exists, yeah, you, know, you can still get around that. But but I think what you're getting at is is interesting, right? Like, just the continuity. And I think that speaks to a larger issue here in Leafs Nation, which I want to – I'll throw back to you to answer. But, I mean, it feels like they're on – just because they're on such a tight leash – and especially since they signed those contracts, they're on a very yeah. tight leash. There's a, like no secret, as we've discussed, no. the expectations that no are secret. on them in Toronto. I mean, like they make moves that feel sometimes reactionary. I mean, now like people are probably wondering if Babcock really was the problem he seemed to be back in October and November when everyone was all over you know, the, the stuff that was coming out about him and, and his, the locker room culture he fostered. Like maybe he was, you know, he was at odds with Dubas about how this team's constructed because, I mean, I, like no one's ever really complimented. We know that no one was complimenting the Leafs defensively, but I mean, it just feels like they're not, they're not really like committing to a certain course of action. It kind of just feels like they're, they're just, they're running stuff, expecting things like the same things, expecting things to come out differently yeah. in the long run. But I don't know if like, what's the definition of insanity? The right the the when you try the same thing over and over again is that, is that what it is expecting expecting ex, expecting different thing, results expecting different results yeah so like what do you think about that like because I mean I think if there's anyone who's on the hot seat it's probably Dubas right the guy who set the team up this way who dealt a lot of really nice pieces under much more favorable contracts a la Nazem Kadri who you brought up last time um, away yeah. and yeah. now it, it feels like a team that kind of like. 
it it has this i like a very unfavorable identity of being like talented but they can't get over the hump and and nothing else and top heavy i mean you look at the makeup of the teams that win like how heavy the blues are last year like all those old kings and blackhawks teams and i mean even though the penguins teams that won like they were still very skilled but they still had like you know, Crosby's still a gritty player, like more so than the Leafs superstars are. So, you know, do you like, do you think that they're just, they're switching it up too often or, and they're not letting like, they're not, you know, or maybe this, maybe this is part of a larger vision that we just don't see. Right. Maybe Kyle Dubas, like this is in the plan. Maybe he's planned that, you know, for the, for seven, he's got seven years, a seven year window to win which, you know, might be wishful thinking given what we know about, you know, how quickly rabid sports fan bases want changes nowadays. Oh, yeah. But, like, like, are they just trying to switch it up too often? Are they not switching any – like, are the things they're switching, like, not the things they need to be – like, something's just not right here. No, I don't think there's there's, – I don't think there's too much switching. Like, I look, you know, to reference it again, the St. Louis Blues last year felt like they were kind of stuck in sand – make a big trade, they go out and get Ryan O'Reilly, right? Changes yeah. the whole culture of that team. So, you know, how many times did the Capitals have to knock on the door, right, until they finally blew it right over? So I think there's different ways, like, and it kind of feels like the Caps didn't change much. It feels like the Blues changed a lot. So I think there's different ways to get there. So if they go out and make a lot of moves, I wouldn't be upset about that. And if they go out and do a little but they have a purpose and a plan behind those little moves. Like I think that could work too. I mean, yeah. no perfect well, blueprint. Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, that, I think that's a fair take. Cause again, I mean, I, I actually don't really believe they, you know, like that they played that bad of a game five and I, maybe I could chalk it up to no. bad luck, but at the same time, can you attribute, you know, coming back from a, you know, blowing rather in game three before game four, when they like blowing a three, nothing lead. Uh, can you attribute that to bad? Luck? I mean, you know what I mean? Like at some point there's just gotta be maybe a bit more consistency. Maybe, you know, maybe hopefully they start to find that with guys down the rotation um, and, yeah. you know, on the blue line. Cause I mean, obviously we kind of like that, those top two lines are set in stone. It's pretty hard to see them trading away those contracts now or, um, you know, in the near future, especially with the cap remaining what it is. You can see. So maybe they just kind of need to, you know, re- find some really reliable third and fourth line guys who can just kind of, you know, who can perform unlimited minutes and, and get a bit of, get this team maybe a bit of continuity. Yeah, but is that reliable third line? Because I have that same thought, but is that reliable third line not Kapanen and Janssen? Like, is your third line going to get better and you know, Kerfoot. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's a good question. I mean, Hey, to, and to his credit, we kind of brought up Janssen a minute ago, but I thought he played a great game. So Andreas Janssen came back from injury. Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't played in what, six months. And he had a pretty bad injury coming up on six months. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who like were in, at least in our minds are probably were written off when the season ended, but obviously with the suspension of the season with COVID, yeah, able um, to come back. Never really adjusted the fact that like they were written off, assuming a normal playoff schedule, but were actually able to come back. So he was one of them. Yeah, and I thought like for I had it on my I had it written down on my notes here, but I think for 
10 or 12 minutes of game time, he was a really impactful guy that game. That's just too bad he couldn't put one on the back of the net, as we said, had a couple great opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just imagine how hard it is. Like, he didn't get to take part in the scrimmages, the pre-game, you know, the pre-elimination round game. Pre-pre. These four or five games, right? Like, Couldn't pre with the boys. Had no chance to pre with the boys. But uh, the Leafs, like, even looking at some of the advanced metrics I, I kind of come across, Anybody that listens to this will be like, Brendan can look at advanced mat- metrics. He can't even do math. But <laughs> I'm sure your second-year stats, Mark, will be, uh, will be happy to hear these. Let's go. Let's hear them. So the Leafs and expected goals were up 10-8 to 8 over the Blue Jackets and expected goals, and they ended up in real-life goals, ended up having, you know, three, four less than the Blue Jackets. So it's like – Maybe it really did just come down to puck luck. And if they win this series, like nobody would call for any changes. So yeah. the other question too, is, I mean, because it's weird because it's a play in. So, I mean, you know, it would have been hard in my mind. It's hard to see them not making the playoffs down the stretch. I think they, they kind of, you know, they, on an average regular night season, in the regular season, they, they could show up, but it begs a question. I mean, like if they had cleared the, the play-in round, this round of 24 onto the round of 16, would people have just said, oh, well, that's kind of, all right, well, they well, they haven't really started yet, right? They've just been like, oh, we expected you to make it here. Now go and, you know, wow, like go, go and do Tampa what now. we expect you to do again. Go beat Tampa. Yeah. Go beat Tampa, exactly. So, I mean, who knows? I think these guys don't have it the easiest, but uh, there's it, does, it begs a question, man. I just I kind of feel bad more than anything. Yeah. No, it's getting hard to keep a – leafing in them i'm pouring one out for you with my incoming third and fifth round draft picks in the ottawa senators or yeah, at least the sense got a one out the leafs yeah. just officially traded the 13th overall pick to carolina so yeah that's tough 13 a great pick too because at the leafs if it was a non-covid season the leafs would have been in the playoffs that pick probably ends up being like 18th now it's the 13th pick you traded it to carolina because marlowe got too long of a deal Anyways. Well, speaking of picks. Yes. I mean, the 13th would have been pretty good, but is it time maybe we move on to that one that everyone was talking about? I think we got to. I think, I we think got we've got to. to. 